Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Today, we feature a conversation from our recent Meta Strategy Digital Symposium. The topic is digital transformation acceleration during the pandemic. And the interviewee is Ram Kumar Rayaparetti, the Global Chief Information Officer of Beatrice. The gentleman who led the conversation is Meta Strategy's Central Region Head, Michael Bertha. Mike, welcome. Thanks, Peter. Great to be here. Well, Mike, let's talk about this topic, digital transformation acceleration during the pandemic. There has been a fair amount written about the degree to which the pandemic, COVID-19, has been an accelerant for digital transformation. Talk a bit about uh, your own perspectives uh, and why you thought this was an important topic for our symposium. Sure, Peter. So we look back to the timing of this interview. We're at the time um, in early 2021, where we're just starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and every publication in technology world is talking about how much COVID-19 has accelerated digital transformation. We had 70% of a group of about 100 global CIOs um, about two months before this interview said that their transformation had dramatically increased. So, so we wanted to talk to uh, an executive that worked in a company of considerable size that could paint the picture of how exactly that transformation has accelerated and what were some examples. And since Ramkumar was in the pharmaceutical industry at Beatrice, we thought it would be particularly interesting given the times we were living in. Well, let's get into the specifics of uh, Ramkumar's uh, story. You mentioned he, he is the, as I mentioned earlier as well, the Global Chief Information Officer of Beatrice. What were some of the confluence of factors that made his story in particular so interesting? Yeah, well, first and foremost, a very dynamic leader, and he's had a very impressive career at many global pharma com companies, so he's seasoned in this space and by all means an expert. Also, as you'll hear in the interview, he, he's really a leader that cares about the well-being of his teams, and he did some really interesting things to make sure teams felt they were staying connected and being supported during this remote uh, work period. Also, he shared a lot of instances where he had adopted digital technologies typically reserved for the other industries not traditionally used in pharma. So for example, at one point, he borrowed some AR and VR technology from the gaming industry to ensure continuity of operations in some of their manufacturing plants, what I thought was really cool. And I think what's most impressive about ROM is at the time of this interview, he was dealing with this, I'll say, quote, double black swan event in that, one, he was managing through COVID implications, like all businesses in the global economy. But two, he was also simultaneously managing the merger of Mylan and Pfizer's Upjohn unit and working towards some very steep synergy targets. So managing these two events while also accelerating their digital transformation is no small feat. We are really privileged to have him come in and share his story. Yeah, very interesting. As you say, Beatrice, in fact, formed by the combination of those two units. And now for a word from our partner, Tanium, and the company's co-founder and chief executive officer, Orion Hindawi. Orion wanted to take a moment to provide some recommendations for CXOs in charge of technology and digital about how best to manage the cybersecurity landscape. Yeah, so our customers, I think, are realizing there are three things that they really need to be secure. The first is they have way too many products. And as a result of that, 
they're unable to operate all these products well, and there are holes in their security posture that are created as a result. Many of our customers have 20 or 30 or sometimes 50 different tools, and if they can move to a platform approach, they have a much higher chance of succeeding. The second thing that a lot of our customers are realizing is they need certain visibility on their environment. Every asset where it is, who's using it, what data's on it, what vulnerabilities it has, and to really be able to trust that they have three or four nines confidence in that data set instead of, in some cases, 85 or 90% confidence, which in reality leaves way, way too much of a surface area of vulnerability. And the third one is they need to be able to remediate problems they find instantaneously at scale, globally, even over slow links, even over devices that are not easy to reach. Because without that capability, unfortunately, even if you know that there's a problem, you're still going to get hit by the security event that comes after it because you can't fix it in time. And so between that platform approach, being able to have really, really comprehensive visibility and having really strong control, our customers are seeing a huge upgrade in their capability. And now for a word from our partner, Aptio. Digital transformation is a journey, not a destination. Technology decisions teams make today determines the success of tomorrow. That's why Aptio is dedicated to helping companies harness the power of trusted, actionable insights. It's called technology business management, and more than 60% of the Fortune 100 are already using it to speed their innovation. Learn more about how Aptio can help you connect your technology decisions to better business outcomes. Visit aptio.com. Well, Mike, thank you so much for that overview. Why don't we get right to that conversation? Digital transformation acceleration during the pandemic featuring Ramkumar Raya Peretti, the global CIO of Beatrice, and our own Michael Bertha. Ram, welcome. Uh, you've had a busy couple of years, to say the least. Um, so let, let, let's talk through a couple of the events here just to set the, the context for the backdrop of this conversation. Go back to July 2019, a merger is announced between Mylan and Upjohn, uh, the division at Pfizer, targeted for the first half of 2020. This inevitably launches you into integration planning mode. Then COVID-19 hits, um, enters the picture in first quarter of 2020, launching the need to basically rethink everything you've ever known. Um, this leads the deal to be closed to the back half of 2020. And then just here, in November, the merger closes, you start trading on the NASDAQ, and then the company announces a billion dollar cost energy target by 2024. Did I miss anything at a high level? No, uh, thank you, Michael, for having me, and uh, good afternoon. No, I think, I, I think you, you got it. You got it really well, right? And I think uh, one of the interesting things is I was on a plane when the deal was announced. I knew, of course, it was going to be announced. Then. Uh, COVID almost, uh, I got the uh, depth of COVID when I was on a plane again, visiting India. Could you talk a little bit about some of the aspects of, of your digital transformation and which of those dimensions have accelerated as a result of the pandemic? Uh, it's interesting because especially we uh, at that time were Milan and then obviously we became Beatrice at this point, were more because a traditionally manufacturing company, we were a company that focused on being at work every day and working. And then to get home one day on a Friday and then find out somebody got COVID at work and going back Monday, the entire company has transitioned. So you're not going back into office. I had to thank the IT team uh, because more than me, everybody came together, no excuses. 
and over the weekend enable the company to transition from uh, somebody who comes to work every day to virtually work and no business disruption. Uh, that's what the team has done. Uh, and a lot of things went into consideration, right? We have to think about our virtual private networks, which were set up maybe for a thousand people to log in now for 35,000 people globally to be able to come in and scale it up, right? Uh, and that's where some of the investments we've already made in the last two years about moving to cloud and things like that help. But the other big thing that really helped is previously, it was always a challenge when we were even planning a, a change. Let's say you're going from Skype to Teams, for example, which we were planning. It was always a six months to one year exercise because there would be a lot of meetings talking about how would the change impact? What would you do to people to overcome the change? One thing we realized when the pandemic hit and there were no options, things transitioned very quickly. So for example, from Skype to Teams, we went in seven days globally. Uh, and uh, so people just transitioned. While we also found out that when we were tracking things, right, our utilization of Skype or Teams went up 300% from a regular. And now it's interesting, they've come back to the normal, uh, but people were adjusting to life, collaborating, uh, what I would say like remotely. So the team and the investments that were made in some of the digital technologies like cloud and collaboration helped us. We, we never thought about COVID, but when it came, I think they all helped and helped the team to transition seamlessly uh, from work at office to work remotely globally. And another example of that is some of our support teams sit in India and people not only went back home in the same city, they actually went back to their home cities and some of them were rural areas with very limited, what I would call data connectivity, but they were able to rally, uh, work through those challenges and able to support us globally as we went through this transition. Wow, that, that's really interesting. So Ram, with this increasingly distributed and remote workforce, what were some of the things that you did within Beatrice to make sure that those distributed employees were continuing to feel engaged and connected, not just in their interactions for associated with their day-to-day their -day tasks, but in general? Yeah, I, I think as an executive management team, we, we quickly went to like a crisis mode where we had meetings at regular levels almost on a daily basis. And IT was a key part of those meetings and decision-making as we went forward. But it was not only just the top leaders of the company meeting. We, we quickly broke it down and said, okay, we need to have meetings maybe with the bigger workforce on a regular basis, but not only that, go down to the next level of leaderships and making sure everybody was meeting with their smaller teams and cascading down the message, right? And also, I think as we transition into April, one thing we realized is initially people thought it was something like it'll go away in three weeks or four weeks and I'll get back to my normal life. And then as this thing, kept getting worse. So we, we realized it's not just informing people what we were doing as a company or how we were working with the communities, but also how do we keep our employees engaged? How do we keep their morale up? So we then switched to uh, more and more, especially in IT to more skip level one-on-one -on -one meetings. I think I benefited a lot meeting with more people for 15 minutes one-on-one, -on -one, get to know them, but also started doing other team activities like it's not just work. We used our collaboration tools to have virtual challenges uh, like Pictionary or again, being a global team, something what works for Europe versus what works for India, what works for China. So we started having those competitions. It got people engaged. Then we used to have 
uh, bi-weekly hourly sessions where a couple of the team members would come in and say, what were some of the skills they picked up? And this doesn't have to be work-related, right? Now, uh, when initially COVID hit, there were no plumbers coming in to fix your broken pipes. And people were talking about how they were proud to show pictures, videos of how things they were doing. And, and I really think it brought the team much together uh, because of some of the things. And then people realized, uh, uh, I think, uh, on how different people are or what their passions are. And then also found they found common interests, different people, right? Uh, and people started talking about their pets. People talk, started talking about their hobbies. So it kept them more engaged. I think it also decreased the feeling of isolation among them. So those are some of the things. Then I always have this habit. If I see something outside, I like it, I steal it. So we saw one other company doing it and then we introduced it. What we called is coffee with your spouse or coffee with your friend from work, right? And we would expense it. So we would say like once a month, go out, do whatever you want to do, or even have a virtual coffee with one of your work colleagues or your spouse, and we would we would pay for it. I think that was one of the biggest hits we had. People really liked it. I, I don't know how many thank you notes I got for that. It was a small expense, but it got people excited. So those were some of the things we did. And obviously getting ready for the merger uh, and trying to bring two different teams in addition to the working with the Pfizer IT team. So three different teams were working virtually together to make sure we had a successful day one. So between all those things, I think, it kept people engaged. And those are some of the things we'll continue forward as we go forward, just make sure people stay engaged, people stay positive. Got it, got it. So shifting, uh, looking more broadly across the business, um, from your perspective, what are some of the, the key indicators that uh, this digital transformation has officially sunk in or crossed the so-called change chasm? Could you give a couple examples, uh, you know, outside of your IT organization, more looking at the industry? Yeah, I think a lot of things have changed. Uh, and like I talked about the barrier to change, right? The resistance to change has come down because of this. One good example I give you is, I always say like doctors are one of the last ones to accept a new change. But what we saw with this is obviously our reps cannot travel, go meet the doctors physically. The doctor's adoption of some of the collaboration tools and the digital technologies to virtually engage with the reps has definitely gotten faster. It has, it has I would say, like it, uh, it, it amazed me, but it also taught me, right, we are humans as very flexible. When we know we have no other option, we adapt very quickly. So I, I think that will stay because it also increased the productivity of the people that are working on it. Another example I can give you is, uh, Virtual reality, right? I always see my kids playing with it for their video games, but uh, now you look at it, turn around. We use Microsoft Halo Lens now. We are piloting to see like, when we do tech transfers from our research and development to our manufacturing plants, usually a big team travels to the plant to help the plant prepare uh, to take over from the R&D and get into commercial manufacturing. Now we can't do that, even though our plants are running. So we are using, we are trying to pilot some of these technologies to see how how the R&D team remotely and started doing some of those things uh, using Halo Lens for virtual reality. We're using the same technology now. We are not letting our uh, technicians to our manufacturing equipment come to our manufacturing plants, but now we can use the same technology to help them help us troubleshoot some of the issues with our uh, equipment. So these are some of the technologies which I don't think would have been adapted this quickly if this didn't happen. 
Uh, and these are some examples of what I'm seeing uh, going forward. I think we'll sustain beyond COVID. One of the other interesting use cases you mentioned um, was the use of uh, IoT and capturing uh, telemetry data from the, the manufacturing systems to um, help tailor or optimize maintenance of, of the manufacturing line. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about some of that uh, technology, some of those technology use cases? Yeah. So previously, our preventive maintenance program was mostly paper-driven and also used to follow a set of rules, right? Okay, if the manufacturer recommended you do this every six months, that's what we used to do. I think as, as we are rolling out more and more digital technologies, we are moving, transitioning to, rather than being in a paper exercise, we now provide mobile applications for people to do it and capture the data uh, as they're doing it. And then on the back end, right, you're looking at the data and then saying like, what are some of the things that are uh, telling you a story, right? Like predicting if something is going to happen. So rather than wait for, let's say a machine to break, we are using that data now to say like, okay, maybe we, I don't wait six months to go do this maintenance. Maybe I need to, I should do it now because this data is telling me I need to go look at this uh, particular piece of equipment, probe or whatever it is. So that's, that's one good example of what we are, uh, how we are utilizing and we plan to expand that as we go forward and trying to, I think one of the challenges and initially with IoT, I thought, okay, I have old manufacturing plants and all my sensors are old, how do I do it? But I think as this technology evolves, you don't have to replace your probes, you don't have to replace most of your equipment. Uh, there are add-ons that will let you do it much quicker than it would have been in the past. Interesting. So uh, another biopharma CIO that, that I recently spoke with uh, described their job is to sit down and put in place the strategy that enables all of the other strategies that have already been developed. So when you think about uh, the future of pharma and, and the trends that are in your purview, um, what are some key strategies you see in pharma where the CIOs will play a major role in unlocking the new capabilities? Yeah, previously companies used to develop their products and then bring in their IT to say like, hey, help us roll this out or give me a solution around this. Uh, it was always an afterthought. Now I think more and more uh, IT is becoming a big part of the initial strategic discussions. That's no different at Beatrice. Uh, uh, me and my team are more engaged with the business as they're developing their strategies, right? One good example I can give you is, I think there's a lot of focus, it's not I think, there is a lot of focus on patient adherence to taking the drugs, right? Uh, so, so we are, as we are, like, especially with our inhalers and stuff, we are working with our product teams, right? As we develop technologies to put Bluetooth or relevant technologies around those inhalers. So the, by using an app and the Bluetooth technology around these inhalers, the doctor can get notified when a patient takes a drug. Right? At least that tells them, hey, your patient has taken the drug at the right time. Or if they're supposed to take the inhaler twice, three times a day, the doctor gets a notification. One added benefit is if as more and more kids are worried about how their parents are doing or how their medications are being taken, right? This, this app can be extended to the family members so they know whether their mom or dad took the drug when they need to take. So that's a, that's a good example of some of these digital technologies bringing the IT more upfront into product development uh, and, I, and also moving IT from being an order taker 
to the more uh, serious business partner. Uh, and that's what we focus a lot on teaching our teams on being more business savvy, being upfront with the business and collaborating with them upfront. And that's another reason, if you look at my IT team, our IT team, we try to hire people from business into IT because I feel like that te technology can be thought much easier than, than product knowledge or business. Right. Um, so shifting to uh, the other dimension of our introduction, uh, the ongoing integration, as you reflect on the new landscape, particularly some of the things that have uh, accelerated as a result of COVID, how does that position you for the, the synergy targets and, and driving towards uh, that, that integration and transition? Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, I think conversely, Synergy has made uh, IT one of the popular departments in the company because there are certain synergies that are driven by IT moving people onto a, a single platform because obviously there are a lot of PSA fees we pay to Pfizer as people are transitioning from those systems. But more importantly, business has realized they can exit some of these TSA services much faster and they can achieve their synergies if IT collaborates with them and moves them off these IT systems. Uh, so that is one. And also just to make sure the business runs smoothly, providing one face to the customer, getting them onto the same IT systems or IT platforms or processes so they can much quickly present one face to the customer is another benefit that we come that we get as we transition quickly. So we have an aggressive plan to come out of this TSA and move everybody onto the same platform. So we have taken kind of an hybrid approach because we had a lot of discussions around, hey, should we take this as an opportunity to completely do a digital transformation or should we first move people onto the existing systems and then think about digital transformation? So. We, we did not take one or the other. In some areas where it made sense, speed is of essence. We said, okay, uh, we will slow down digital transformation here and move everybody onto the same platforms. But there are some other areas like multi-channel marketing or especially near commercial streams where we saw it made sense to create the new platforms and move everybody onto those platforms, but do it as quickly as possible. Uh, so we, we are doing that. Uh, and our plan doesn't end with two years. Obviously, everybody moves onto the same platforms in two years, but we have an exciting five-year plan that includes much more digital transformation after everybody gets onto the same platform. And that's what we call our blueprint exercise. And that's where we'll be working very closely with the business, understanding what their priorities are and enhancing or implementing new IT systems and processes to help the company achieve its blueprint goals. Well, Ram Kumar, Raya Paretti. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, we appreciate it.